Well, you know, I was going to say everybody's excited and smiling and all that because you're back in church this morning, back together with our church family. Uh, but we also are celebrating a Packers win yesterday afternoon, so I know everybody is excited about that as well. Um, looking forward to the NFC Championship game next Sunday. And so uh, I am I'm charging our church, and I'm asking everybody to be praying for the Packers. Everybody stays healthy. Nobody gets COVID or anything like that. But uh, no, it, it is so good to, to just be with you guys. Um, good to have everybody who is joining us online this morning as well. Um, if, if you are joining us online, make sure that you're commenting, saying hello to your church family. Uh, check in with us. If you're here in the room, you can uh, fill out one of our checking cards as well. And you saw as, you're, as you came in this morning that uh, we had the disposable communion elements. So uh, we're going to take communion at the end of service this morning. So if you uh, need to get ready for that, you can prepare for that as well. But it really is good to see so many of you uh, back in the room. I have missed so much of our church family and just seeing your faces uh, every single week. And, uh, and I just, I just want to say, like, it just doesn't feel like church without our people and, and being able to see you here. And, and so um, obviously if you are staying at home um, for, for health reasons and just being a little more cautious, maybe you are more at risk. Uh, we totally uh, get that. We applaud you for that. And so if you are staying home uh, for health reasons, we just want to say, please do uh, stay home for that. But, but, I, but I do want to say that if you're staying home out of habit, if maybe you've gotten out of the habit of, of coming to church, um, I'm, I'm just extending a personal invitation to you uh, and asking you to come back and be a part of, of our church family again. Again, I'm, I'm thankful for church online, but there's nothing like being in the room. There's nothing like being with your church family and seeing the faces every single week uh, as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing so many more of you guys soon. And, and, and as you guys all know, we're, we're trying to do our part to prevent the spread. We're asking everybody to wear a mask your, your entire time that you are here. Uh, we're spraying down chairs and surfaces and everything in between the services as well. So on Feb February 7th, so all the kids that are here, you guys are going to be excited. We're going to reopen LSC Kids on February 7th. We're getting everything ready for that right now. Um, and just as, as we were doing before, we've adjusted some of our check-in and our check-out procedures just to uh, eliminate some of the congestion that can uh, fill up in our kids' hallway there, and we're going to do our best to social distance our kids. Um, you know, the, lots and lots of hand sanitizer back in the kids' area. Um, we're also asking all of our kids who are three years and older that they're going to be asked to wear a mask as well. And so, you know, we're going to get through this, and prayerfully, uh, it won't be too much longer before we get fully back to normal once again. The vaccine's been rolling out, and uh, I'm, I'm excited about... Uh, just starting to get some normalcy back to life and back to church again. Um, I also just want to share one other thing with you real quick before we get into our message this morning, that as, as we're starting a new year, like I, I know there's a lot of people that say, all right, I, I want to I grow in my walk with God this year. I, I want to I want to take that next step. I want to, you know, I want to get serious. I want to dive in and really want to be uh, growing in, in my walk and my relationship with him. And we have an amazing tool, a great resource for you to help you in your faith journey, to help you along in, in your journey. And it's called Right Now Media. And, and if you're not familiar with what Right Now Media is, um, it, it's an online tool that's got, it's got studies, it's got devotionals, it's got teaching from some of the best Bible teachers that are, that are out there uh, around. There's, there's um, 
Bible study roadmaps there, individual book studies, and there's, there's even resources for kids as well. And so you, you, you can log in. There, there's tons of resources for your kids to grow in their faith as well. And all of this is 100% free to you. Like our, our church has purchased all this, and so you have access to any of these studies. So if there's, if, you know, maybe you've wanted to learn more about uh, the Old Testament. There's tons of Old Testament studies. Or maybe you want to learn more about, um, you know, Peter's epistles. I mean, there, there's studies uh, about anything you can possibly imagine. F- studies about family and marriage and uh, sex and parenting and finances, all kinds of things that, that you can use to help you grow this year. And, and again, it's all free to you. And so if, if it's something you want to have access to, you just want to kind of read through and see what is available to you. We have um, on our website, you can click on, on the link on our website. The link is also on the screen here for you as well. And you can give the information. We'll, we'll send you uh, your access. And, and if, if, if that email doesn't come, I've been told that, that sometimes those emails get sent to your spam folder or your junk folder, especially if you're using Gmail. So check that as well. But we want to try to help resource you and help you grow in your walk with God this year. And, and I'm telling you right now, media is a tremendous source, a tremendous uh, gift to be able to grow in, in your walk, in your relationship with him. And so with that, we are going to take up our morning tithes and offerings today. Um, we're not passing the, the buckets as we normally would, um, but you still have the ability, if you're here in person, you can give here in person. All of our uh, the bulletins have giving envelopes on them. We have them at the back tables, and you can put your, your offering in the boxes at the back of the worship center. Um, you can give digitally online. That's what my family does. Through our LSC app, you can mail your, your gift here to the church as well, but we just want to thank you for continuing to allow us to do ministry here in in South Bend, and I'm excited for what God has in store. Like, he is not done working here in our church. He's not done working here in South Bend, and and I'm excited about what God has in store for us as we move forward this year. So with that, let's pray, and then we will get into the Word today. It's going to be a fun morning. So, Father, we, we just thank you, God, for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness in our lives. Lord, we, we, we couldn't do this without you. Lord, that, that your word says that apart from you, we can do nothing. And so, God, we, we are so thankful for the opportunity to gather together. I, I'm so thankful for your people. I'm thankful for this church and, God, what you're doing in and through each one of us. Lord, I pray that, that as your people give faithfully, Lord, that, you, that, that as they seek to honor you and worship you with their giving, God, that you're going to just bless them abundantly, Lord, that, that we, we aren't sitting here trying to, to accumulate wealth ourselves, Lord. We, we want to invest it back into your kingdom. And so, Lord, I, I just pray that you would just grow and expand this offering that comes in. Father, that lives are going to be touched and changed by your pe- people's faithfulness, Lord. We just pray and thank you, God, so much for what you're doing. And, God, we just ask for your blessing upon the rest of the service this morning. God, we give it to you. We set aside this time for you, putting first things first. God, we give it to you and ask you, God, just to open our hearts to hear from you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I'm excited to share with you what God has put on my heart this morning. Uh, As you guys know, we are in a series that we have been calling First Things First. And and I find it very appropriate for us that at the beginning of of a new year, for us to kind of align our priorities with God's priorities and align our hearts with what God's heart is. And, and so I want to begin by talking to you about a date that 
irrevocably changed the course of history for every single one of us that are in this room. And, and that date would be January, January 9th, 2007. Now, does anybody possibly remember where you were and what you were doing on January 9th, 2007? Yeah, I didn't think so. Oh, my daughter does all the way in the back, in the, in the cheap seats back there. She thinks she knows what she was doing on that day, almost, almost exactly 14 years ago now. Now, now the, the, the thing about it is, like, this isn't one of those dates that's, like, burned into our, burned into our memory. Like, you know, obviously, September 11th, 2001. Everybody remembers where you were. Everybody remembers what was taking place at the, the terrorist attacks in the World Trade Center in New York City. People who are old enough, you, you remember November 22nd, 1963. That was the day that John F. Kennedy was assassinated. I mean, pe- people remember December 7th, 1941, a, a day that will live in infamy. It was the day that Japan bombed Pearl Harbor, you know, and, and so there's some of these dates that just are just indelibly burned within our, our psyche and our, and our memory because these were dates that changed world history. Nothing was the same after each one of those dates. Something drastic, something dramatic changed. And on January 9th, 2007, a day that likely nobody remembers, this was yet another day that changed history that changed all of our lives. And if you can put our first picture up, and it was the day that Steve Jobs introduced the first iPhone, January 9th, 2007. It's hard to believe 14 years have gone by since then. Like, we, we, have, we have an entire generation coming up that they don't remember what it was like to not have a smartphone in your pocket. I mean, it, it's, it's crazy to, to think about, you know. And, and I, I, like, I remember a conversation... I had with my kids recently where, where we were talking about, you know, like, if, if you wanted, back in, like, back in my day, you know, like, back when we were younger, if you wanted to make a call, you were connected to the wall. Like, you had to stand next to the phone in the hallway, connected by a wire. You couldn't walk around the house or, or do anything like that. And, and this is, do you, do you remember life before answering machines? Like, yes, yeah, like, like where, where you hated, you had to turn the dial, you know, and, and before answering machines, like it would just ring incessantly and it just, it wouldn't stop. And you, so you had no idea, like caller ID wasn't even a thought yet in, in this moment. And, and like my family, like we had a phone that looked exactly like that, you know, it had the dial and everything. And, and then if you were out, like, if you weren't at home, but you were out, then you had the, the pay phone. You got, you know, like, all right, not take away, like, just the phone booth, but the pay phone itself. And, and like, it was always wonderful because you had to throw a quarter in the pay phone, and, and it was a great excuse to not, like, be able to call my mom and tell her I was going to be late. Like, oh, mom, I couldn't find a pay phone. I didn't have a quarter. Like, I, I couldn't do anything, you know, uh, about that. And, and then, I, like, I remember the coolest thing after that, after the pay phone, was the bag phone. You guys, you guys remember the bag phones? Yeah, like I, I remember my best friend growing up, his dad got a bag phone, and I remember like how cool we thought we were, like being able to call somebody from the car as we were driving around and, and all this, like having, having the bag phone. And, and then, of course, then there was the Zach Morris phone. 
You guys, you guys remember the Zach Morris cell phone? Like this gigantic monstrosity? Like I, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what that was. But and, and then after, after you know, like cell phones got really big, then they started to get really small. Like we had like the flip phones. All right, so there, there was like this, the early flip phone, and then there was another flip phone that came after. You guys, like, I had, I had this same exact phone. Yeah, and you remember, like, texting on these things? Like, how brutal and awful that was? Like, if you wanted to type the letter C, you had to push the number three, or excuse me, the number two three times. And God forbid, like, you had to type a Z, and you had to push the number nine four times, and if you went one too far, like, you had, oh, like trying to text on these things, it was miserable, you know? Like, and, and all of that changed on January 9th, 2007. Steve Jobs introduced the iPhone. Now, now there were other smartphones around. There were other smartphones available, and, you know, like Blackberries had been there and, and all this. But, but this was like the first time, like, that a, a smartphone became, like, mainstream, where, where like, it was accessible and it was cool to so many people. And I, I remember, I don't know if any of you have ever watched, if you saw it live or you've rewatched Steve Jobs introducing the, the iPhone, and he was talking about how it, it was a phone and it was an iPod and it was an Internet communicator all wrapped up into one. Like, I mean, and this, this was a big deal because not only could you make calls with your phone, you could text with it. It was an iPod. You can listen to music. You could keep photos and, and videos on it. You could browse the internet, play games. You could send email. Like, I mean, it was, it was groundbreaking. It was this revolutionary thing. And, and fast forward to today, like the phones we, we all have in our pockets right now, like, I mean, it, it's amazing what these, what these devices can do. You can, you can watch live TV on your phone. Like, think about that. Like, can, can you imagine that 14 years ago, 15 years ago, being able to watch live TV on, on your phone? You can pay for things with your phone. You don't even need to pull out your, your credit card. You don't need cash. You can just pay for things directly with your phone. You can go shopping. Like the, the, the store and the mall is right there in, in your pocket now. Your phone has a GPS in it. It can tell you where you are. It can tell you where you're going. It can translate languages. Like, think about that. Think about how amazing that is. Your phone can translate languages. Your calendar, your camera, the weather forecast. You can buy and sell stocks. Like, you can literally communicate with virtually anybody in the world with just a few clicks of your thumbs. Like, I mean, it, it, it really is amazing. The, the, the phone that, that we have in our pockets right now today are 5,000 times more, have 5,000 times more computing power than the computers that NASA had that put the Apollo 11 mission on the moon. Like, and actually, that's a lie. It's not 5,000 times. It's actually 100,000 times. I looked it up. Your, your phone has 100,000 times the computing power. This little phone has 100,000 times the computing power that NASA had to put Neil Armstrong on the moon. I mean, it's, it's amazing. It, it's truly amazing to think about. And, and I bring all this up because in, in spite of the, the amazing tool that our phones are, and I mean, and it truly is an amazing tool, like our, our, our world and our lives have been completely overrun by distractions. 
And, and our phones are, are one of, of those gigantic distractions. Like, we literally have the entire world at our fingertips at a moment's notice. Like there, there's times, like, we're, as a staff, we're sitting down, we're having lunch together, and somebody says, oh, hey, do you, do you guys remember who wrote that song? And we can just quick Google it and find out, hey, who wrote that song? Like, this happened literally just on Thursday, and don't even ask me how we got on this subject. But Jim asked, he was like, hey, I wonder if you can skydive in Chernobyl, like where the nuclear like explosion took place in 1986. And sure enough, we Googled it, and if you want to know, like people actually do it. Like you can act like, yeah. P people like base jump in Chernobyl. Yeah, it's a whole thing. But like, like these things that you would just have to kind of throw your hands up before and be like, oh, well, I guess I'll never know. Or you'd have to like go to the library to find out. We can just like access all of that information right now, like at, at a moment's notice. And and I and I think as as I'm just kind of thinking about like the the constant distractions that we all have in our lives all of the time, I, I was thinking about about Jesus and and one one of the like really underappreciated qualities I I see in Jesus's life, I think would be his his sense of focus, that Jesus was extremely focused. He did not allow himself to be overrun by distractions. Like, obviously, you know, he was, he was compassionate, he was loving, he was merciful, but we can often, often overlook and forget how focused he was on his mission, how determined he was. And if you've ever read through and studied the Gospels, which I would encourage everybody to do so, and you can do so in right now media, by the way. I, I, like, don't just take my word for it. Like, you can see over and over again how many times people tried to get Jesus distracted and off of his mission. How many times people came and tried to take him away from what his focus was. And, and it wasn't just his enemies either. Like, I, and obviously they did. Like, they, they tried to trap him in, in answering questions that would get him into trouble, they, they tried to, uh, you know, he would be talking about some kingdom principle, and he would, they would try to bog him down in some, like, minute portion of, of the law, and always trying to get him off focus, always trying to distract him from what his, his purpose and his mission was. But it wasn't just his enemies, it was also his friends, too. Like, if, if you read, like, Peter, in fact, confronts Jesus one day and says, Jesus, you know, like, enough with all the death talk. Like, stop, you don't have to die. Like, what, what, stop talking about that, Jesus. You don't know what you're talking about. Like, can you imagine being Peter and telling Jesus he doesn't know what he's talking about? And, and Jesus' response to him was, get behind me, Satan. Like, that, that was Jesus' response when Peter was confronting him, when Peter was trying to get him off of his, his focus, off of his mission. You know, in fact, he rebukes Peter and says, you don't have in mind the things of God. You have only in mind the things of man. Like, Peter, you've become distracted. You, you're trying to take me off of what my focus is, what my mission is. And, and one of the most poignant examples that I find of people trying to distract Jesus from his mission, from his focus, would have to be when he was hanging on the cross. Mark records it in Mark chapter 15 starting in verse 27. It says, They crucified two rebels with him, one on his right and one on his left. And those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, So, 
you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down from the cross and save yourself. And in the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked him among themselves. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. Like, it, it, I mean, imagine, like, he's, he's hanging on this cross, dying, bleeding, barely able to breathe, and, and they're just mocking him, hurling these insults at him, and saying, all right, save yourself. You talk, about, you talk a good game, Jesus. All right, let's see you do it. And, I mean, you can almost hear the voice of the enemy whispering in Jesus' ear. Like, th- this could be all over in a moment. Like, get, get yourself down. Stop the pain. Stop, stop, the, stop the suffering that you're going through right now. And, and, and surely he could. Like, in fact, Jesus even said that, that he could have invited legions of angels to come and, and to destroy all of them, to, to get him down off, off that cross. But, but had he done that, had he given in to what they were trying to distract him with, get him off his focus and his mission, he would have failed at what he came to do. He would have failed at the mission the main thing that he came on this earth to do. He was not going to allow himself to be distracted from his mission, to lose his focus. Now, to kind of get back to our discussion about cell phones, I like how, how many times have we seen it happen, and how many times has it happened to us where maybe you've, you've been at a restaurant with, with your spouse or with your family or something like that, or maybe you see people at a restaurant, and both of them, or all, all the whole family is just sitting there on their phones. They're not even interacting. They're not engaging with one another at all. And you think, man, what a, what a missed opportunity. Or, or, I mean, even just speaking for myself, how many times, like, we, like Angel and I, we've been laying in bed, and, and you know, like, I'm on my phone, and, and she's on her phone, and you're thinking, like, we're, we're a million miles away. Like, we're, we're in the same bed, but we're a million miles away from, from one another. Like, and, and like, is... I, <laughs> I can think of a thing a lot more fun than reading a news article or scrolling through social media and all this. And, and yet, how many times, like, we, we just do that, though, don't we? Like, we allow ourselves to get... My wife's shaking her head at me. Like, we, we allow ourselves to get distracted, to, to take us away from the things that are most important. And obviously, I'm not saying we should, you know, throw our our phones away and go back to making a call standing next to the wall in the hallway, although sometimes throwing your phone away does sound appealing. But what I am saying is we have to find a way to master, to master our distractions instead of letting our distractions master us. We need, we need to find ways to master our distractions instead of letting all of those distractions mastering us. And, and so the, I, I I was kind of thinking through this, and the first thing I, I thought of about helping us master our distractions would be that we need to identify our focus and mission. Like Jesus, Jesus, he knew what it was. He knew what his focus, he knew what his mission was. And I think one of the things for us that will help us master our distractions is to get an understanding and an idea of what is our focus. What, what, is, what is our mission? And as, as I mentioned to you, Jesus, like, one of his great qualities was that he was immensely focused. He was, he was immensely focused. He, he knew who he was. He knew why he was here. He knew what his purpose really was. And, and when, when Jesus, when he came to the city of Jericho, he encounters a man named Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus, he was a tax collector. 
And Jesus came to his house and he ministered to, to Zacchaeus. He, he shared with him. He taught with him. He, he shared with him about the kingdom of God. And, and, and Zacchaeus, he had such a massive heart change that when he emerged from this time with Jesus, he said, all right, all the money that I've stolen, I'm going to give back four times that amount. He had such an incredible heart change that he was going to repay four times what he had stolen before. And, and as he emerges from Zacchaeus' house, the people began to, to murmur about him. They began to talk about him. And, you know, saying like, well, what is Jesus doing with a sinner, with a low life like Zacchaeus? Why, why is he hanging out with him? Criticizing him, calling him out. And, and, and this is what Jesus said after he had his conversation, after he had his meal with Zacchaeus. In Luke chapter 19, he says, Today, salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. And then he sums up his entire mission, his entire focus right here in this next sentence. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. He summed up his entire life, his entire focus and mission, the reason why he was here in that one sentence, to seek and save the lost. I'm not going to allow myself to get distracted I'm not going to allow myself to be taken away from what my mission is. These naysayers, the, the people who are criticizing, I know what I'm here for. I'm not going to pay them any attention. I'm going I'm to live out the calling and the mission that God has put in my life. I'm not going to listen to the naysayers and the critics. I know why I'm here. I know what God has called me to do. And I'm going to fulfill it. I, I'm, I'm going to stay focused on that. And so what about us? Like, what, what about us? What is it that God has called us to do? What, what is your mission? What is your focus in life? Like, for, for me, like, I, I, my focus, I, I want to share the grace and the love of God and share hope by building other people up in the faith. Like, that, that's, that's my mission. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm your pastor. That's why I'm standing up here this morning, that I want to share the grace and the love of God. And I want to share hope with you by building you up in your faith. And so, so ask yourself, like, what, what is it for me? What, what is it that God has called me to do? Like, I, surely God, like, my mission in life isn't just to go to work, make widgets, and pay bills. Like, obviously, that's important. We all need to do that. But what is that thing? What is the thing that God has called you to do? So ask yourself, you know, maybe, maybe you need to take some time to get alone and be quiet and to really pray and really think about it. You know, like, God, what, what, is, my, what is my mission? What is it that you want me to do? Like, what is your main focus in life? For you, maybe, maybe you're a mom, and your mission is to raise kids who love Jesus, who love others, and who are going to make a difference in this world. Maybe that's your mission. Or may, maybe your mission is to, is to build a company that honors God and how it conducts itself and how it does business. You're not going to be shady like some of the other ones, but you're going you're to do it in, a, in an upright and an honorable way. Or, or maybe, maybe for you it's, it's helping others who are struggling with addiction because you've been delivered from addiction yourself. You know, wh whatever it might be, it, every one of us, our mission are, is going to be a little bit, it's going to be a little bit different. And we're going to talk more in depth about this later on, but, but just ask, like, what is my mission? What is my focus? What is it that God has for me to do? Now, the second way of, or the second 
kind of part of being able to master our distractions is we need to be able to recognize our distraction tendencies. Recognize our distraction tendencies. And, and this requires some introspection. This requires us to be able to be honest with ourselves, to look in, in the mirror. You know, like, what are the things that I typically run to? What are the things that typically distract me? What, what are those things that I go to so that I don't have to deal with that other thing over here? You know, we, we talked about phones for many people. You know, your phone could be a distraction. Social media could be a distraction. For some people, it might not be. You know, I, maybe for you, it, it's coming home at, at the end of the night and vegging out in front of the TV for a couple hours. You say, all right, that, that's, just, that's just what I do. Or maybe it's playing golf or softball, or maybe you play cards several nights a week, and, and that, can be, that can be a distraction. Or, or maybe for you, sometimes it could be drinking. Maybe I drink so that I don't have to deal with that thing over, over there. You could be obsessing over the news. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's a relationship, you know, an unhealthy one that can be a distraction. Or maybe even work. Work can even be a distraction. I, I had a friend years ago who, who told me that he would create extra work for him to do so that he didn't have to go home. He didn't have to deal with stuff at home. Now, now, what I'm not saying, I want you to hear this. What I'm not saying is, all right, well, you just need to just work and bust your tail, you know, 24-7, 365. That, that's not it. Obviously, we all do need downtime. We do need time where we can just put our feet up, where we can just kind of mentally check out for a little bit. And that, that's not a bad thing. But I trust that the Holy Spirit speaks to each one of us. And, and I trust that we, we know kind of when those those times of just being able to chill out and to relax end up crossing that line and to becoming a distraction. Where, where, all right, I'm not doing this just to relax now. Now I'm doing this to avoid other things. I'm doing this to, and it takes me away from, from other things that I know I could be doing. Um, last week we talked about the book of Lamentations, and there, there's a great verse in this book that talks about taking a real and honest look at our lives and, and kind of saying, all right, what is it about me? What makes me tick? And, and the, the author says in Lamentation 340, says, let us examine our ways and test them and let us return to the Lord. It's saying, all right, like, take a look at yourself. Where, what is it? And the implication, return to the Lord, it's kind of saying, all right, what's taking you away from him? Let's examine, figure out what is it that's taking me from him and then return back to him once again. Let, let's stop pretending and let's just be gut honest with ourselves about where we are. And it, it can be painful, it can be difficult to do. I, I spent a good deal of time actually this very weekend asking myself some of these same questions. Asking myself, all right, why do I make some of the choices that I do? Why do, I, why, do, why do I continue running to that? Why do I continue to avoid doing that? And it's tough. What are those things that I allow to continually distract me from what my main focus and mission is? Why do I keep running to that and it keeps taking me away? Being able to identify what are our, what are our distraction tendencies. And then the last one I want to share with you about mastering our distractions is that we just need to learn to be in the moment. Just as, as a society, as people, just to learn to just be. 
to be in the moment. I, if you can put this picture up, I, I, I love this picture here. This is it's such a great picture. I shared this with our, our elders our, a number of months back. And this, this picture was actually taken at a movie premiere in, in Boston. It was for the movie Black Mass that starred Johnny Depp. And, and what I love about this picture is that everybody's kind of trying to get a glimpse of Johnny Depp as he's coming out. And they're, they're all angling for it. And if you look, every single person is on their camera except the one little old lady right there in the very front with the red circle around her. Like Everybody else has their phone out and they're trying, trying to get this picture, trying to see Johnny Depp except her. Like she's the one who's just being in the moment at, at this time. She's not trying to get this, this perfect shot that let's be honest, will probably be kind of lousy anyways. Somebody's head will be in the way or it'll be tilted, but, but she's just being in the moment right here and just, just, in, just enjoying it. I, I actually fell into this, this very same trap. If you can put the next picture up. I actually took this picture uh, a couple years back. I went to uh, Monday Night Football was at Green Bay, and I went to the, I went to the game. I was fortunate enough to be able to go see a Monday night football game at Lambeau. And they were shooting Monday Night Countdown, which is the kind of the pregame show, at a house that's literally right next door. It's right in Lambeau Field's backyard. And I, I got to go and, you know, you got to see uh, Steve Young and Randy Moss and Charles Woodson and all that. And, and I was in the front row right along the, the fence line there. And I was doing the same thing that all those people were doing at that movie premiere. Like, I was trying to take pictures uh, of these guys, and instead of just being in the moment, instead of just enjoying it, like, I mean, let's be honest, it's, it's kind of neat, but it's not a very good, it's not a very good, a really good picture. And I spent most of the time, instead of enjoying just being there and seeing this, staring at the scene through glass. Missing the moment. Because I was staring at it through glass. Like I, as, as a people, I think we just need to learn to just be in the moment. There's nothing wrong with taking pictures, obviously, and, and wanting to remember things. But we live so much of our lives through glass that we end up missing. We end up missing out on, on things that are going right on in front of us, that if we're not careful, life is just going to pass us by, and we'll, and we'll have missed it. James, James the, the brother of Jesus, said this in James 4.14 says, Why, you do not even know what's going to happen tomorrow. Like, what is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Like, James is saying, hey, your life, life is so short. Our opportunities are so, and our experiences are so short. We never know what's going to happen this next day. And so many times we end up wasting our lives to distractions. We allow distraction to end up just wasting our lives. And I, I've talked to so many people that at the end of their life, they look back and they just have regrets. They, 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 have, they have regrets of, you know, not spending enough time with their spouse or with their kids, or they, they, have, they have regrets about being so focused on, on work that they weren't, you know, they might have been physically present, but they were emotionally absent. Regrets about focusing on the wrong things in life and missing out on what was really important. And, and I want for all of us as, as a church, I, don't, I want us to look back on our lives and not be full of regret, but say, man, like, what a way to live life. 
Like that, that, was, that was a life well lived. It was a life with intention. It was a life of, of focus. And, and obviously, you know, like we all have lives to, to live. I, I, you know, I, like I was telling you, I'm not saying that we can't have things we enjoy and recreational activities. Like we should have those things. Absolutely. 100%. But unfortunately, I've seen so many people and I've seen even that tendency in my own life to allow those things to take priority and take precedence over the things that are really important. There's a, there's a basic law in nature that says what you feed grows and what you starve dies. Like this might seem very basic and very elementary, but it's, but it's really true. And, and it's so key for us and so foundational for us in becoming the people that God has created us to be, that what you feed grows and what you starve dies. And I'll tell you, like, I want to starve out those distractions in my life. I want to starve out those things in my life. If you are friends with my wife and I on Facebook, um, you'll notice we we don't post much. We don't don't share an awful lot. And and if you get a a happy birthday message or you get a comment on something, 99% of the time it's my wife who's who's the one commenting on it. Because a, a little while ago I recognized Facebook was becoming a distraction. It, it was taking up a tremendous amount of, of time, patience, and, and quite honestly, like, I was losing my, my peace and joy over it, and I just said, all right, I, I'm, I'm done. I'm out. Like, I want to keep a, a presence there. I think it's, it's important to be able to communicate. But it wasn't producing anything good in my life, so I just said, all right, that's something I need to starve out of my life. I, did the, I recognized the same thing with news consumption. Like there was, a, there was a period of time where I was just getting consumed and overwhelmed by just the news in, in my life. And so I've, I've dramatically cut back on, on the amount of news that I intake. And, and I think, you know, like one of the things Angela and I, we've talked about, we've noticed this for ourselves. Like how many evenings we spend, you know, watching something on, on Amazon Prime or on Netflix or something like that. And we're up late and then we wake up exhausted in the morning and like... I'm falling, I'm trying to spend time with God and I'm falling asleep and like there are just some things I just need to starve out in my life. But not only do I need to starve those things out, I need to find ways to feed my spirit. I need to starve the distractions and feed my spirit. And, and when you read through the Gospels, I counted 34 times that, that it records that the crowds were following Jesus, that wherever he went, the crowds followed. They were pressing in on him over and over again. I mean, this was the story of Jesus' life. Everywhere he went, people were wanting something from him, wanting to be taught, wanting to be encouraged, wanting to be healed. And, and that was good. I mean, like, yeah, and you heard me say this, like, Jesus' mission, I came to seek and to save the lost. And so that was what he was there for. But over and over and over again, it says that Jesus went away to a quiet place, to a solitary place so that he could connect with God. He, he knew that if he, was, if he was going to live out that mission that God had for him, he had to fill up. He had to feed his spirit. He had to connect with God. Because without filling up, without connecting with him, there was no way he was going to be able to live out that mission. And, and so if there's one thing I could encourage you with this morning, it would, it would be this. To starve out the distractions in life. Starve out the distractions and feed your spirit. Like, find a quiet place to connect with God and, and ask, him, ask him questions. Share your frustrations. Pour, pour your heart out to him. 
And, and most of all, say, God, fill me up. Fill me up so that I can live out this calling, fill, so I can live out this mission you've given to me. Like for, and, and part of that starving out distractions, may, maybe, you kinda, maybe you need to take some time and just do a fast. Maybe, maybe set aside social media. Set aside your phone or Netflix or Disney Plus or set aside the news. What, whatever those things that typically distract you, be willing to set those things aside. I, I have one final scripture and then we're going to close. It's Colossians 3.2 and I love what Paul writes here to the church in Colossae and he says, keep your mind on things above and not on earthly things. Like he's saying, that's where your focus should be. Like there's so many, the earthly things, the distractions that are around us all the time, we're going to be surrounded by them constantly. But he's saying, keep your mind on things above. Keep your focus up ahead. Not, not on all the things going on around, the things that want to steal your attention away. But keep your mind on things above. If you would, just bow your heads and let's just pray right now. Father, thank you, God, for your awesome love. Thank you for how good you are to us. And God, that you have given each of us a mission. You've given each of us a call on our lives, Lord, that, that we aren't here by mistake. We're here to, to live out a, a godly, a divine purpose. And Lord, I, I pray for every one of us, Lord, that you would help us to recognize and to see what that is, that you would speak to us and, and share with us what is that purpose, Lord. And, and God, as a, as a church body, you would help us to, to starve out those distractions, that we would feed our spirits, starve out those distractions, those things that, that end up wasting our life and wasting our time. God, we need you. So apart from you, we can do nothing. So God, I'm asking that you would fill us up to eliminate those distractions. And God, that you would fill us up so that we can carry out the mission and the calling that you have placed on each one of our lives. Lord, we're not here by mistake. You created us on purpose for a purpose. And God, I pray that you help us to walk in that, to identify that, and to live it out. Lord, we love you so very much. And God, we thank you for what you're doing in our church, in our families, in our marriages, in our kids, in our grandkids. I thank you for what you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to take communion right now. So if you want to grab your communion elements, you can start opening those up. And as I, was, as I was preparing for communion, I was thinking, thinking about distractions this morning. I couldn't help but, but think of Judas. And, you know, Matthew records that Judas betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. And, and I've often thought about this, that, that a man who, who walked with Jesus, a man who saw the miracles, saw people set free, like he saw the crowds that flocked to him and, and, and just what he was like, he was an eyewitness to history. He had a firsthand account of Jesus' life. And even he allowed himself to be distracted. Like he was walking with Jesus, he allowed himself to be distracted. That suddenly money became more important to him than even the life of the Messiah of the Savior. And, and I've often wondered, like, when did that switch happen? When did that switch take place? Like, I would imagine when Jesus first called Judas to follow him, like, he, he was excited. Like, he was learning and he was growing and, and he was enamored by the teaching 
and the ministry of this upside-down kingdom. But somewhere along the line, somewhere along the way, he lost sight of his, his mission. He lost focus. And greed set in and personal gain set in and to the point where he was willing to be an accessory to, to murder. I think about that. How, how did that happen? Now, obviously, I don't think being distracted by our phones or Netflix is going to lead to murder necessarily. I'm not saying that, obviously, but, but somewhere along the line, he got off. He lost his focus. And, and yet, even, even then, Judas was still invited to share in the Passover meal with Jesus and his disciples. Jesus invites all of us, no matter where we are, no matter what we've done, he invites us to come sit with him. And that's what we celebrate today. That's what we remember today. So as we take our communion together, let's just thank him for making a way for us that even when we've gotten off course and we've gotten distracted and we've lost our focus, that he still invites us to the table along with him. Let's take the bread together. Thank you, Lord, for making a way. Thank you, God. And let's take the juice together as well. Father, thank you for your blood that was shed for us. God, we love you so very much, and we're grateful that you've called us into your family to sit at your table with you. God, we love you.